Hello and welcome to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for those of you who are new, welcome, welcome to this first episode for you. It's been a joy to connect with this full moon in Pisces yesterday and to feel a really nice shift into this fall equinox. For those of you who are in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe you're feeling that beautiful shift of the spring equinox. I wonder how the moon is landing for you. I wonder how you're feeling in your body, in your creativity, in your craft. I wonder what magical experiences you have encountered and where you feel like you're being drawn towards at this time. I know that many of us are in a reflection mode where we are connecting to what has happened, what is and what can be. And somehow all on the equinoxes, those things are held. They're held simultaneously, all in acknowledgement of one another, no emphasis on one over the other. And in that way, these energies of past, present, and future, we really get to decide how we want to move forward. And I think our last episode of the podcast really got into this. It got into choice. It got into discernment. It got into how we want to move forward into the next phase of our lives. So this particular episode today feels so applicable to this moment. It feels applicable to the past and to the future because we're going to get into a lot about signs from spirit, messages from spirit. We're going to get a lot into channeling, channeling our art. A lot of things that maybe many of us have experienced throughout our lives. And maybe you're on a precipice in your own journey at this time where you are feeling the call to create in some more spiritual ways, maybe some more mystical ways, some ways that are very much in the art witch realms. (laughs) So I'm really excited to share this beautiful and deep conversation that I had with our guest today and the serendipitous energy of the full moon and the equinox holding this conversation is really, really powerful. I thank the moon and I thank 
the loving guides and ancestors and spirits and helpful entities and energies that brought this work into being at this divine time. And I am so grateful to be in orbit with all of you and with today's guest. Before we get started on today's episode, I have a few announcements. First, I would just like to say thank you so much to everyone who joined last night's panel conversation with Mary Grace, with Alicia Mazella, with Jamisa Hawthorne. Thank you all so much for showing up to that radical ritual and ecology conversation. It was awesome to hear your questions. It was wonderful to get to talk about this subject because I feel so many of us are working through these personal and collective perspectives on eco-grief and climate crisis. It just feels like an honor and a dream to be able to talk with you all in that space. And thank you so, so much. I also want to say thank you to our latest Patreon supporter, Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining the Patreon community and supporting Artwitch. I thank you so, so much for your support. The next Patreon community event is one that is so near and dear to my heart. It's called Mycelium. And Mycelium are these community conversations where we explore the topics of the podcast even deeper. So today's conversation with our guest is getting a lot into spirit, is getting a lot into channeling, a lot into mediumship. So this Sunday, September 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, our mycelium conversation in Patreon is going to focus on when spirit calls. The signs, the symbols, the sounds, the feelings, the experiences that spirit shares with us, how spirit connects with us, how we work with those messages, all of that stuff is kind of going to come up in this conversation. And what I love about mycelium in particular is that every one of us are wisdom keepers in that space. So it's a non-hierarchical experience of exploring a topic. And this is important because I think this is how we all grow together, sharing our experiences, deep listening, connecting, hearing the relevance in someone else's experience, putting puzzle pieces together. I think that community conversations around these very deeply personal topics, especially topics that can be marginalized, I don't feel like I can go into every single space in every aspect of my life and start talking about spirit messages. I choose who I get to talk to about that kind of stuff. But in this space, it's dedicated to hold these more mystical and creative fringe topics that we may not get a chance to talk to people about all the time. So that is happening this Sunday for Patreon community members. If you would like to join Patreon, support this podcast, support upcoming interviews, I would encourage you to check out the Patreon link below. There are sliding scale tiers and you get a chance to be a part of a really vibrant community of art witches. We're in conversation every month and there is also a whole library of meditations that I have crafted 
specifically for this community. So if you've been interested in any of my meditation work, you get access to all these meditations that I have created for art witches, essentially. There's Call Your Power Back, which is an energy reclamation meditation. There is Clearing Your Channel, which is meant to be used to really release any energetic attachments. There's a whole series on how to silently meditate called Inner Compass that takes you through a whole lunar cycle of meditating from three minutes all the way to, say, 30 minutes. So I encourage you to check that space out. And in addition, there's a lot of videos that get into both meditating, spiritual practices, and I'll be adding quite a bit of specific videos and podcast episodes to that space that speak a little more directly to the art witch experience. All sorts of myths that we are dismantling, things like imposter syndrome and perfectionism and getting into some of these topics that we touch upon in the tarot readings on this podcast, but going a little deeper. So if you want to join Patreon, I will leave a link down in the description below and you can learn more there. Another announcement that I have is that on October 20th, the full moon in Aries, so basically a month from now, I have the ecstatic fire sound ritual for unleashing creative energy. This sound ritual is specifically for folks who are feeling a lot of creative blockage that really have the desire to make their art or create, but for all sorts of reasons maybe are not able to access that creative energy at this time and to really channel it. So I've done a lot of spells for my artwork over the years and unblocking spells are a really big part of my own practice. It's a big part of why I got into witchcraft actually is to support myself making art. And as someone who has went through a deep, deep, deep kind of wounded energy around creating and really, really suffering for many years, not making my own art. I know exactly how it feels to have that desire, have that dream, have that vision and not be able to carry myself through that experience. And spells have been really, really integral in that. In this space, I am using the language of ritual though spell is very, very applicable to this, is essentially a transformational experience that is meant to magically and energetically reset things. It's meant to help you unblock, especially with the energetic support of a whole community to kind of say, hey, this is what was and now this is what's going to happen. And I think that that is a big part of why we get into magic, right? We're looking to change things. Something about the current circumstances need to shift. They're no longer working for some reason. No judgment, no shade, no nothing about it. It's just that it's time. And so if you are feeling called and you need that kind of threshold experience, transformational support around unblocking your creative energy and making your art, this is a perfect space and event for you. 
So it's called Ecstatic Fire. It's happening October 20th. It's going to be on the full moon in Aries. The full moon in Aries is perfect for rekindling fire energy and making sure that we are getting that full access and being able to express the creative fire that flows through us. So the details of that are coming out very soon. In order to stay updated with that and to be notified when tickets come out, I highly recommend joining my newsletter. The other thing I want to invite you into is that I am starting an Art Witch vlog series on the anniversary that I started this podcast. Woo! This podcast started October 12th last year. Wow, I have big feelings about that. And I am actually getting chills right now thinking about it because I've met so many people through this podcast. I have created so many things. I have become friends with people through this podcast. Just my life has changed and has been transformed for the better because of this podcast and everyone who has decided to find their way here. So thank you all so much. If you want to get deeper with the art witch journey with me, I'm actually going to be sharing my own artwork, my own process, my own work with ritual and art on YouTube. I'm going to be taking you out into the field with me. So I do a lot of nature field recording and I do a lot of sound art and I do a lot of deep listening and meditation and ritual around how I make my art. I'm going to be showing you the rituals I do, my whole process from start to finish, what I am thinking about and grappling with as an artist, things that I am working on in my art, and a lot of aspects about working with sound and working with deep listening. So that's going to be released on October 12th, the very first vlog. So what this means is that if you want to join this journey with me and follow my series of videos on all this art witchery, then go ahead and join my YouTube channel down below. My handle is Sound Art Magic, which is just like my Instagram handle and my website. So you can follow me and you can get updated on everything. You can subscribe. And I'm really, really going into this process with the intention of what I would have found supportive as an emerging artist. This is a question I often ask at the end of every podcast episode. And personally for me, I would have found it really helpful to see another person going out into the field, trying these things, what they're thinking about, how they're working with materials, how they're working with magic. So I'm really excited to make something that I think my younger self would have loved. So I hope you'll join me for that. Link down below for subscribing and following all the adventures. So without further ado, here's today's interview. Today's guest, I am really honored and really excited to share space with and to be in community with. Mary Grissy is a multidimensional channeler, psychic and spiritual medium, and a visual artist based out of Los Angeles, California. I've actually had the opportunity to 
be kind of in orbit with Mary's work for a while and to marvel at the scope of everything that she shares with our community from her artwork to her classes and workshops and circles and her readings and just in general her guidance is just phenomenal and always helpful so i want to welcome mary mary thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me i have just been kind of geeking out over your work for like kind of a while <laughs> i think we've run in some similar circles with various folks just kind of always being like ah oh, mary and i was like oh who's this mary <laughs> amazing and when i started listening to your messages that you were sharing via instagram and checking out a little bit more of your pieces i just felt natural opening and a sensation of just a lot of love and a lot of connection through your work which i think is some of the best aspects of using one's psychic gifts one spiritual work. It's just very, very cool. So I feel really fortunate to have found you when I did. <laughs> I think we find who we need when we need them. And I'm really, really glad. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey into creativity, you know, your artwork, and even your spiritual journey into psychic development and spiritual mediumship. Yeah. Thank you so much again for having me. And I guess I'll start when I was a child, because I guess that's as a psychic, as a artist, it always starts out that way. And ever since I guess I could remember, I have seen, felt, heard the spirit world. And when my grandma had passed, her name is also Mary. So there's that. She was also an avid sound witch, uh, even though she probably didn't call herself that, and uh, an artist as well. So, um, but she had passed away in the home that I was living in as a child um, when I was about four. And since then, I felt this deep connection to her as she, I felt, opened the bridge to the spirit world for me. And it wasn't like her passing really made it feel not scary that I knew someone in the spirit world. So she kind of like safely opened that door for me. And it's interesting because I can hear my mom telling stories about my grandma when she was alive and telling me all about her. But my experience with my grandma was in spirit form. So I had this like really different dynamic relationship with her in that way. Basically, things got really intense. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had some fearful experiences because I mean, I also like to joke that those shows like sightings and, um, you know, those scary shows in like the nineties where, um, the ghost hunters and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that really put a lot of sort of fear in my head about what the spirit world is and the feelings and the intense experiences I was having, you know, other than my grandma that I was really feeling crowded. You know, when I'd go to sleep, there would just be like, <laughs> the spirit world would just come right in. So I didn't really have the tools to, I don't know if it's like protecting, but I didn't have tools to like create boundaries. And so that put a lot of sort of fear of what I didn't know how to work with the spirit world. Little did I know, you know, little Mary, that this was my power. This was my gift, what I would be doing in the world. So later in my teens, I found this tarot deck. It was like cut out from a 
I think it was 17 magazine, but it was like little tarot cutouts. And, you know, I actually just think that was the breadcrumb trail of like, <laughs> it didn't just like synchronistically land in my, or by accident, that's what I'm trying to say, uh, land in my lap. So I took this little deck and I would read for my friends, you know, not knowing the meanings, not opening a tarot instructional book. I don't think there was a lot of instructional books anyway, at that time, mm -hmm. um, in the, uh, I feel old, <laughs> what is it? The nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't remember there being a lot back then either. Like the metaphysical section of my library was like where I lived and Me too. I don't remember any books on tarot really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would just kind of read very psychically to my friends. Um, and I didn't have really, I guess the, um, the book knowledge. And then, you know, in my twenties, you know, I was like, or I guess the early twenties, uh, deciding what you wanted to major in, in college, you know, at that time I was like, I have to do something practical or logical. Um, that was what was embedded or conditioned in my brain, or mm -hmm. that's how I was wired. Like, oh, in order to make money, I have to go this traditional route. And it's funny that the traditional to me was like art. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can like teach art later. So I, I went the art route and I majored, I have like three degrees in art and I just kept doing it. And that kept fueling my psychic practice and working with the spirit world um, and expressing in ways that I could channel non-verbally and um, in this like visual form. So that really felt powerful for me to express in that way. And then fast forward to my late twenties, early thirties, my friend, my dear friend, she owned this little general store. And when I was living in Toronto in Canada and was like, Hey, you look witchy. Like, do you want to <laughs> read tarot in my shop? Do you want to be our resident tarot reader? And here's me just like reading tarot off the cuff to my friends at parties or like artist residencies or whatever. And I was like, yes, I'm going to answer this call. And I think I was like bartending or, or waiting tables at the time, um, which was something for me, I didn't necessarily want to do for my, you know, my lifelong job. So basically I answered the call and um, started reading tarot in her shop. And it was this big opening in me in this other way. And I think at that time I was like simultaneously making art for these like solo shows and I was reading tarot. It was just like super full. And then I moved to LA and I think back in, what is it, 2016? And really quickly, I just created this um, work for me for full time, being a tarot reader, being a psychic. And I mean, in the next few years, I just kind of put down my cards and really just started channeling and started working with the mediumship in the spirit world. So I always really hold tarot as I always call it like the soft, safe bridge um, for me in my practice to mm. work with the spirit world directly, whether that's like direct voice channeling, um, automatic writing, uh, mediumship. I mean, I still love tarot in my readings, but Sometimes, yeah, I really think it led me to really this like natural psychic form that what I'm doing with my clients. Yeah. And that brings you here to today. <laughs> yeah, still in LA. So. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots more sprinkled in there, but that's the long story short.
I loved just hearing how you kind of were like, yeah, I'm going to answer that call. I'm going to like go for it. Because I think that there are a lot of folks who listen to this podcast who there's a little bit of this chicken and egg situation that kind of comes up sometimes where they're like, well, how do I know if I've like got these skills or these gifts or that this thing is real or not? Or, you know, this is such a common thing. And yet there's this and I don't know if this is what you experienced, but I almost feel like it's like a sea change that happens when you actively meet something versus passively expect and wait for, I want to say reassurance and solidity and it's meeting versus like waiting mm-hmm. in like that kind of, this is a gift or this is a thing that I want to be connected to or that I'm inviting into my life. Yes. Could you speak on that a little bit? I'm kind of curious, like how that felt for you and like what you've noticed with other people who have come to you and, and they're Mm -hmm. like, is this worth doing? (laughs) Should I follow this? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I have so much to say about this in my own experience and then working with clients every day and readings. We are multi-dimensional beings and we aren't here just to do one thing. And I would say that's, a pretty broad statement with everyone. I don't think that doing one thing the rest of your life is, I mean, maybe it's for some people, (laughs) but what I've, what I've experienced and seen that it's really um, about following the breadcrumb trail of life. And one thing leads to another. There was no mistake that I had went, you know, went from the little cutout tarot cards as a teenager to having to find my way through art and then finding my way back to the psychic work. Mm -hmm. And then something I didn't mention is that now I'm making art again lately. So it really is a, an urgency of what you're of following the call of like your soul and what feels like you need to express that needs to be put out in the world. Like I'm a big sort of advocate on like following what is most urgent that I have to do. (laughs) There's a message in there and there's medicine in that. And I think our society is so built up on the one thing, the one thing that you do or that you're labeled and known for. And it just, it kind of makes me mad (laughs) (laughs) or fueled. I don't know the right word for that, but we are expected to be always doing this one thing based on what other people need from us. So I think that especially my sessions with clients, it's always about one thing will inform another. And it's all about being like present in the now. And what am I doing now? Because if we're looking too much in the future, you know, that's another timeline. That's not what we're working on, that the world most needs, you know, this urgency, this medicine. I just feel everything that you're saying so hard that I can hardly find the words. (laughs) (laughs) I I find a similar thing with a lot of clients that I work with that the impetus to get a reading is often something that's so future forward and that the mind is in a place that is so far beyond what the spirit at the time is calling you to just do and like enjoy and like be in. And Mm -hmm. there's this big question mark over like, well, how does this thing equate to this thing? And I love the idea of listening to the urgency of now and like really being, trusting that, being present with that. 
understanding that how we understand unfolding is so conditioned and that there's so much that like falls into place just by simply like actually just taking action on behalf of what you really are drawn towards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so, so wonderful, especially in this podcast where so many of us, we're getting multiple callings, right? We're we're Mm -hmm. dealing with multiple things. And a lot of folks are also dealing with like multiple, I want to say multiple creative loves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so many mediums and materials that people become enamored with and are just sparked by. And often in my readings, people will be like, what should I focus on? You know, like I love weaving. I love singing. I love dancing. I love all these things. And I feel like your work has such a really beautiful way of holding all this because you do work in so many mediums and materials. You're not just focusing on just fiber arts or textile work or something like that, but you're doing sound, you're doing writing, you're doing all this stuff. And I'd love to hear a little bit about one, I guess, your connection to medium, like to material, particularly how that connection has developed for you. And one of the big questions around that was how does it impact your psychic freedom, your channeling, your work in the spiritual realm? Because material somehow felt so important when I was diving into your offerings. Yeah, that's such a great question. And um, I feel like speaking of the multi-dimensional you know, part of all of us is that the art, at least this is for me in my experience, is that art is for the soul and art is to remember. And my readings are to serve humanity, to serve, I mean, I guess the universe as well. So I really do feel we are here to experience what fuels our soul and what fuels also humanity and how we we can be of service in some sort of way. And I guess this is bringing in the energy of Aquarius, right? (laughs) And so my materials, especially particularly like weaving, and it's funny because my art journey started at painting and painting and drawing. And that was something that was more because I attended a school that was super more traditional, like painting, sculpture, and uh, photography. And Mm -hmm. I remember the teacher getting really kind of frustrated with me because I was in this figure drawing class and I could not for the life of me keep the figure in the square. (laughs) I would just literally do like the torso and she's just like, can you fit the whole body in there? I'm like, no, this is how I see it. (laughs) So I knew there was something different. Like even with the pain, I would like wanted to sculpt it and there was something else. So um, yeah, I ended up attending the school, the Art Institute of Chicago, and that blew my world upside down. Like I did the fiber and material studies program and learned how to weave and really was just able to create sculpturally through fiber. That was my jam. And I feel that the woven aspect of my work was like sitting down at my loom and having a place as my sort of temple. The loom was my temple or my altar where I can go and in meditation, like putting, you know, the, the warp on and which is like the strings that you pass through the loom initially to weave. 
And really a lot of people are like, you're crazy. You know, that takes days, if not a week to put a warp on sometimes. So there was just something so beautiful about this repetition in this uh, story that weaving can tell where you can get out of your mind. And that was something for me that really translated to my psychic work was how can we get out of our mind and how can we move to the language of feeling, which is basically how I connect with the spirit world. And I feel like it can be also troublesome because my work begs to be touched. It's very tactile and you can smell it because I use like natural grasses and dyes and like all these things. So it can get me into trouble at the shows because people just want to like hug (laughs) the work. You know, I always say once you find your like material that speaks to you, and I know that again, we're multidimensional, I'm sure I'll work in other mediums at some point, but I do feel there's just a love affair between uh, Weaving and I that I can find so many different ways to tell stories with it. Mm, yeah, I feel that when I had a chance to just spend time with your work, I wish I could be in the same room with it. Cause I was like, yeah. Damn, I bet you this is like unreal in terms of like just the world that you are transported to when you're like sharing air and just physical space. But I could kind of get the sense of that if I just let my mind kind of relax and just let things kind of happen. And I definitely felt this sense of opening and just there were so many crazy things that came through just gazing into your work so oh, so good <laughs> I, I feel really really happy and someday I'm gonna be in the same room with one of your pieces yes <laughs> let's create a show someday <laughs> um Along those lines of how the actual act of weaving becomes kind of this process for almost getting into that space, getting into the feeling space, out of the head space. I'm kind of curious, is there any rituals or anything that you kind of do to prepare yourself in creating, in doing that work? Because it just sounds like there's so much intertwined that I wonder, you know, how we prepare for readings and things like that. And how we get into those zones. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts that you want to share about that or things that you've been exploring around creating rituals for the creative act? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So important. And uh, for me, it really is movement. It's really tiring my body. I have a really, it's funny because sometimes I feel like where a lot of us have trouble sometimes is where our strength is because I feel I'm so in my mind. I'm so analytical, skeptical, like I, you know, I need a lot of help to get me in that space. I think this speaks for most people. I think we're in our minds a lot, especially lately. So yeah, I do movement and go jump in the ocean. I swim, I surf. I though I mean the water is my jam right there. But I feel if that's even yoga or going outside, sitting in the sun and stretching, getting some solar, you know, energy, something that will just tire me out a bit. So my body can do the work it, you know, needs to do. I know it's so simple. Simple is generally what sticks. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the movement piece. Ooh, and also the water. Totally. I mean, I feel like at least if I get a shower, I wash my hands. I'm like, good to go. (laughs) Like, just give me the water. Let me drink a few glasses. I'll be cool. Yeah, it sounds like there's this almost the mind doesn't want to let go, but the body is like, I'll show Mm -hmm. you the way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
our bodies hold so many, you know, so much knowledge. And so we have to kind of let it go (laughs) and do its thing. You know, one thing that I've been thinking a little bit about, because you have really traversed a lot of spaces um, in terms of institutional and academic spaces, but you're also very clear about being a psychic and spiritual worker and that your work is very much informed by your connection to the metaphysical, by spirit. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how that has played out for you. You know, how Mm -hmm. if people were supportive, you know, if like you found connections through that, I don't know, just Mm -hmm. what has it been like for you in being so transparent and bringing that in to these spaces? Mm -hmm. This is so like one of the most important things to talk about. I think the times I would say in the past five years, I don't know why I'm using that number, but I feel when I was going to art school and then onto, you know, grad school, my work, what it was based on, you know, the spirit world and the metaphysical, just talking about these things really wasn't supported in a loud way. You know, I had my professors that would be like, oh, this is provocative. This is interesting. So I had a few supporters that I would really look for, you know, in the institution, but generally I was criticized a lot uh, in my, I guess, cohort for wanting to also work with a wide range of media and not just weaving, not just the one thing. And the fact that my work was about what happens when the body dies because the body's going to (laughs) die and where do we go? You know? Mm -hmm. And really just kind of had this general black sheep feeling of, okay, choosing to be an artist is hard enough, you know, in our our society. Word. (laughs) But like now it's like, I take it to another level where I am creating art about something that at the time, maybe not now, because I think the art world is shifting, but was taboo. And I think this was before Hilma before that big exhibition that she did and kind of broke the mold of the spirit world and and art, you know, intersecting. So it's been really frustrating, you know, that I have in the past applied for lots of, you know, exhibitions and grants and fellowships. And it's not like I didn't receive any, I, you know, I'm very grateful for what I did receive sometimes, but I felt always other work was chosen because my work about the spirit world wasn't legitimate or accepted by the cultural norm of what was going on. And I I think this is um, really important, the making art about this sort of timeless subject matter, because we all really still don't know what happens when body dies. There's a lot of evidence or research done, but I think this is a really sort of timeless topic that is really legitimate to create art about. And I think that most people are interested, but there's this fear. To me, it's just not weird. It's like so normal. It's what I grew up with. (laughs) I feel you so much on that. It's not weird. Most of my channeling happens when I'm creating things, Mm -hmm. when I'm improvising. My partner has a similar experience. Much of the music that we study and enjoy is born literally in order to be a conduit for spirit mediumship. So the idea of separating something from its timeless relevance 
and like core intent often is so strange to me. Mm-hmm. So, so strange. And something that I, I feel like actually more often than not, when we're hearing someone that we are so deeply connected to, like a musician or something, what you're experiencing is them literally channeling spirit. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think is happening to you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what do you think is happening? <laughs> if you find someone's work and you're just like, wow, that just rendered my soul open mm-hmm. from seeing that. What do you think happened? <laughs> yeah, everyone's channeling all the time. We're all channeling something. <laughs> right. And there is definitely, you know, some distinctions, obviously, between like, you know, what happens in a reading, what might happen in a mediumship session, or might what might happen like when you're channeling. But I also think that there is quite a bit of this already like driving so many of us artists mm-hmm. <laughs> like consciously or unconsciously that you know we're actively working with it or we're just doing it that's happening all the time which is why i think i find a lot of people who find this podcast actually they're not experienced tarot readers they're not necessarily experienced mediums they're folks who are tarot curious or like witch curious they're like oh, there's something here. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, you've probably been doing this in some shape or form all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. There is no mistake for people stumbling upon this podcast, this episode. or <laughs> Yeah, sure. yeah, totally. Or when people are like, I don't know why I got this deck of cards and just started fiddling around with them. And I'm like, yeah, I think you do. I think there's mm-hmm. a part of you that does know why you're so drawn to this. Yeah, it sounds like in your time, you did find some folks who could I love that word that you use. It's provocative. There are some folks who maybe they don't necessarily hold the same identities or do the same work you do around combining your artistic and spiritual work, Mm -hmm. but they can really hold space for the validity of that work, can really nurture it. Do you have any thoughts about like how people can seek those connections or connect or find support in those ways or find spaces that might be helpful if you're feeling like you're interested in blending these worlds. Yeah, this kind of goes back to following the breadcrumb trail, (laughs) because I think in my experience, I kind of just followed what my gut was like, okay, what's next, you know? So that's the first thing that I would say is what is your gut telling you? What's your intuition? Is that psychic development or intuitive development? Is that a ceramics class or a natural dye class? You know, so what's the thing that's going to open the door to you? For some people, if they're feeling like, oh, well, I want to do this big picture thing, like I want to be a working medium, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say, well, you know, go slow. What's the foundation of mediumship? It's like intuition. It's like understanding how to work with your soul. And then you can eventually bridge out to people that are living their soul and then loved ones on the other side. So you're kind of like growing in frequency. So I always say, start off with, again, like the whole urgency thing, start out with that, like what, what excites you the most. But I feel like that time is interesting. I mean, we all know it's not linear. We think of it as this like spiral, right? 
that I would say to someone like, don't worry what you choose next, because that thing that your gut knows, and maybe you consciously don't know what you're ultimately going to do in the big picture, but just go to the thing that you feel will open that door for you. So I would just say, don't obsess, <laughs> you know, over like, yeah, what's the thing. And it's like, as long as you're doing something that fuels that excitement, that's enough. And that will be the breadcrumb trail that will lead you to the bigger thing because yeah. that ultimate big thing I'm doing like air quotes, that big thing is not going to turn into a big thing anymore because once you reach that, that's going to be the breadcrumb trail to the next big thing. <laughs> So. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. This is it. Yeah. I think that the concept of our futures and our fates and like our path work along those threads is so focused on an arrival point <laughs> along yes. there that you are never going to land. You're never going to fully land and stay in any position along this journey. Even what was a goal or was a big thing or was a significant point in your experience, those are portals, but they're literally just another door mm -hmm. and another mm -hmm. kind of opportunity to get a better sense of what is the next expansive action. Portals, so I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot about last year, I won a grant for like a really large project and that project was actually gifted to me by a guide. And it was very clear. The whole thing about it was very clear to like work on this. I didn't know anything outside of that. I just did this one thing. And then afterwards I was like, well, what did that one thing lead to? And when I had some months to take stock of what happened, I had become such a different person mm -hmm. because of doing this and because of stretching myself in these ways. There's no conscious way that I could have stretched myself this way. There's no possible way that I would have gained the confidence that I intentionally, like, oh, I'm going to write in my journal, gain confidence or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, you know, like, be more comfortable with microphones. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that is, <laughs> there's no way that I could have willed myself into that. But what was given to me was the opportunity to go through a transformational creative experience, to have an opportunity to make friends, to know that I'm capable of something that I didn't think I was capable of before. And I changed entirely because of doing that. And I think like it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about like artists for the soul and like remembering and like there's this wholeness of ourselves becomes so much more intact as we like journey forward. Yes. And those pieces aren't the pieces that we go and we wear like this outer shell. This is me. I'm the sound artist, you know, or like mm -hmm. this is me. I'm the medium. But mm -hmm. these are pieces that we're gathering and bringing into all these different spaces and relationships. Yeah. The soul is so, so intelligent. And the more that we surrender and let go and trust that the soul knows what it's doing and following like the now moment, the breadcrumb trail, trusting that ultimately you'll get to why you incarnated here in the first place. So I feel like that's been my practice lately is just trusting the soul and like maybe things aren't necessarily perfect or what I had envisioned for myself. I am damn grateful of what I've accomplished and where I am today. 
but I know that there's so many things that I would like to birth. And I just feel that the more that we can just trust and that time isn't what we think that just trust the spiral, (laughs) trust the time spiral. It's just really important. Trusting the time spiral. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Can Um, I say something just really quick? Yeah. I I don't think this will freak you out, but you have the most beautiful little lights that are dancing behind you. Cause I clairvoyantly, I can see spirit. That is your altar. I think on your left-hand side, Yeah, there's just this whole, every time you speak, like, I don't notice it when I'm speaking, but there's just little lights that are just dancing all around you. It's Uh, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm leaving this in if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you for sharing that. It's been a powerful week and thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate it. I really appreciate hearing that. I totally forgot that my altar is in the shot. (laughs) Yeah. And also that beautiful tapestry behind you. There's like a few dancing around there too. Oh, thank you so much. And you know, it's interesting because when I was preparing for this interview, I've been thinking a lot about my loved ones thinking a lot about death and how the transformation of our loved ones impacts many of the choices that we make and how we move forward and what happens, how things unfold. My dad was actually a drummer and I remember the first significant kind of piece of art that I feel like I made was actually like in kind of processing my grief around losing my dad and things like that. And I think many folks who come to the idea of their creativity, their spirituality, some transformational experience like that often lands at their doorstep. And I'd love to hear if there's any thoughts you have about your connections to your loved ones or like your experiences in your creative practice and how that has kind of informed some of the ways that you've developed your work. It's so interesting because I have been thinking about this lately. So my mom, she passed about um, a year and a half and she told me that she had cancer literally like right when I conceived my child who is now about a year and a half as well. So I have a daughter, Sophie. I remember that phone call. I have cancer and it's not looking great. And I remember being newly pregnant. And the kind of newly pregnant where you don't announce it yet, you know, you just yeah. like read the thing. Oh shit, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I um, looked up her due date and it's my mom's birthday. So there was this interesting synchronicity right there. And my mom wanted, she just wanted a grandchild and, you know, she was able to get, you know, the news and it was just so bittersweet as I was going through this death process with her, mm. I was creating in my body. I mean, on kind of a humorous note, when she was going through the chemotherapy in her nausea days, I was super sick. We were both totally nauseous. So we were able to experience like that together, but in some different dynamic. And I do remember upon her telling me I had cancer and that I conceived, I was making this big white angelic weaving. And I had known from my guide, my guide was like, your mom's not going to make it she's going to pass from this cancer. And I knew it. And I knew that inside. I mean, of course, I'm not going to say anything, but I just, it was this knowing, and I was creating this like big, big woven piece for this show in Quebec. 
And when I ended up installing it, it was in this beautiful like cathedral. And I realized like that piece was honoring my mom in the, in the spirit world, but it was like almost a premonition of this, mm. this happening. So when she had passed, um, she passed a week after I had given birth to my child and um, she was able to hold her. We have videos and like photos. It's so beautiful. And ever since then, you know, I allowed myself to have the maternity leave and, you know, and then we dropped into a pandemic a week after that. So it was like giving birth, my mom passed and then a pandemic a week later, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so it was really, really, really intense. And I had a total spiritual awakening. It was like, yeah, I mean, I'm already doing the psychic work for clients, but it just blew me open. I was consciously introduced to my spirit team, the council of 12, which are just multidimensional beings from other planetary bodies. And I had all this remembering that had like unearthed past lives on different planets and my skin being blue, like yeah, other planets. And so all of these things, and I mean, clear, clear audience, clear hearing um, information as I'm nursing my daughter that always seemed to come through when I was breastfeeding. It was like wow. some sort of alien <laughs> Just letting exchange. it flow. <laughs> yes. I was like, what is happening to me? And it was just like, holy shit. I started really taking my mediumship very, very seriously. I was in this like advanced mediumship cohort with this woman, Mavis Patilla. She's amazing. Everyone should check her out. <laughs> and really just blew my world open about how am I working with the spirit world and realizing that my mom's passing, she was another doorway into merging with my client's loved ones. It's almost like she's acting sometimes as a mediator. And it really is beautiful having her in the spirit world, having another type of relationship with her. And I mean, I'm sure you can relate with your father. It's yeah. a different frequency. Yeah. It's so different. I don't know if my experiences are similar to yours, but I feel that his presence, I mean, it's, I wasn't actively really like thinking when he passed, like this is this transition. I was very young yeah. and I was like 22 and now I'm like 36. But each time that a close death has occurred in my life, it's been just in I don't have words for how immense it is that what has shifted and how I understand things and how I know things shifts and what I care about shifts. I think that's a big part of it for me, like the caring, like what you love and why you love it and how you love it, just it transforms and it, it takes everything that you do to something else in a different mm -hmm. way, not necessarily in like obvious ways all the time, but in ways that I think, I don't know, I've also lost my father-in-law. Like there's so many mm -hmm. like layers of like closeness that I've experienced. And I've always had a really close relationship to people who have died. Like I just always feel yeah. like a significant feeling about death and a feeling of warmth around it, not scariness. Like mm -hmm. just like, this is something I feel an embrace for. So yeah. when my dad passed, it was, it was very traumatic, but it was also, as the years have gone by, I can see the thread of guidance. I can see the support. 
I can see how our connection has really shifted over the years, especially as I've done more channeling and more like artwork in that kind of creative, spiritual, cognizant place and really owning that, owning like being a tarot reader, things like that have just, wow, it's amazing what it does to the relationship with those who have passed. And I think forever I'm grateful for that, like forever grateful for feeling the other side in a different way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah and you know they're really just they're still always with us there's no separation it's just because we're in this third dimensional reality in this density that we see that they're not there but we just have to use another faculty of feeling and understanding that if we can I don't know another word for this but train ourselves to communicate in that way that there is a whole language that we can, you know, commune with the spirit world. It's just not how we want to do it or we're trained to do it through the physicality, Mm -hmm. through the human. I feel like I want everyone to just like hang out with you and like go to the (laughs) class. (laughs) Like can everyone like hang out with Mary and just like, you know, so many people come to this community and they're like, yeah, I lost a loved one or I'm, and that is like a lot of people's gateway into spiritual development. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just asking questions that they never, yeah, that maybe never felt like they needed to ask before. And they're just suddenly like, they're there, you know, I know you give so many classes, you share so many offerings around getting into these questions, getting into this kind of development. What are some things, some opportunities that people can connect with your work and like kind of get into these questions? Well, I always do mediumship circles and psychic circles. Usually I just do those, you know, year round, probably twice a year. So right now I'm offering a psychic circle, which goes for about six weeks in length. A really nice offering that I began last year called the Architecture of Remembering. Um, I will be launching that end of October of 2021 this year. And that is basically a 12-week deep dive, like an immersion of first we go into psychic development, like the foundational of how we connect on a soul level. And then I move into the spirit world with mediumship. And then we wrap up the masterclass with uh, soul regression work where we meet our um, other iterations of our soul, like our mm-hmm. AKA our past lives. And I really bring you through the earth past lives, past lives on other planetary bodies, what's happening in between lives. And then we wrap it up with um, a future life meditation and creating your sacred soul tool. One thing that came to my mind is I realized we never kind of got into how would you differentiate say mediumship for folks versus like psychic development? We have these terms that kind of get bandied about a lot in our Instagram communities. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks are like, wait, what is that? intuition, Mm -hmm. psychic Mm -hmm. development, you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot to be a dictionary, (laughs) a spiritual dictionary, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe just to help folks get an in on this topic. Well, first of all, we are all psychic and we are all mediums. 
because we all possess the capacity to do this work. It's just kind of like, do you want to do the work and do you want to take the time and effort to develop it? Because this work is like riding a bike. It's like any skill that you have to develop. So it's like, you're not going to be a doctor if you don't want to be a doctor, <laughs> so, <laughs> but we can all try to do it. I mean, it's like, God help me with a scalpel. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> Operation. Uh, I know, right? That game. <laughs> but to be a psychic, what does a psychic mean? It's of the soul. So if you're a soul, then you're a psychic. And it really is just like understanding uh, your own frequency first and then bridging out your frequency to blend with another, with another soul. And then when we move into mediumship, that's a different frequency because what I was saying before about the spirit world being with us all the time, we just have to switch our awareness to the language of feeling. Okay. So basically when we connect with our loved ones, with our clients, loved ones, they are in a different dimension. And that's where we have to sort of develop our awareness to what we call sitting in the power, which is pushing your power out to merge that type of frequency with the spirit world. So you're basically like, you know, they're trying to meet you at that frequency and you are trying to meet them. So it's like a two-way street. It happens in tandem. And can yeah, this ever happen unintentionally for folks? Yes, absolutely. And that's a great question. I think that's when fear can come up because what we don't know, we fear, right? So let's just say a lot of that actually happens to me when I'm not trying is when I'm kind of in a different brainwave frequency. So for example, when I'm weaving or creating art or I'm dancing or I'm maybe doing yoga or even doing the dishes. <laughs> like, oh yeah. We're the dishes. The dishes. Can we talk about yeah. that someday? <laughs> like we'll have a whole podcast. It's just like the dishes, things yeah. that have happened during the fucking dishes. <laughs> I always say the dishes and the shower is yeah, like we're... spirit world conduit. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, that is literally the portal between dimensions is the fucking shower and the dishes. Yeah. Cause you're not in your head. You're like, oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. Create, you know, getting this like fish skin off of this <laughs> plate. <laughs> Sorry. That happened last night. So um, yeah, but that can unintentionally happen. Oh, and this is a huge one to bring up. Cause I think this happens to all of us is the moment as you're falling asleep. And the moment also when you're waking up yes. Yeah. for some people also, there's always this 3am thing that happens, but yeah, when you are starting to fall asleep, your brainwave, it's changing into a level of receptivity, uh, the same sort of frequency that happens as you are hypnotized, which is like in a theta brainwave state. So any like soul regression, past life regression, uh, it is very similar to that really super relaxed state where you are using your uh, energy in a different way, which is closer to the spirit world frequency. Yeah, totally. All those things. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you just said. I really feel that the moment before you wake up, the moment right as you're falling asleep, mm -hmm. the dishes, the shower. For me, I find it often when I'm playing Hosho, which is a, it's the instrument. There are two gourds basically with beads in them. It's a Zimbabwean instrument from the Shona people. And 
Mm. All the Mbira music is spirit mediumship music. So it's all gifted from the ancestors to the people. And it's just constant dialogue with the ancestors. And so when I'm playing this instrument, I'm just kind of like, my hands are going at a rate that honestly, I, I can't really control them quite like I do when I'm drumming, even like when I'm playing the drum set. So like, mm -hmm. I noticed that there's this kind of off kind of on space that I'm in where I'm like, I could be thinking, but I'm kind of not at all. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of going. And that's an amazing place I've noticed. Not quite where the shower takes me, but it's like <laughs> a little bit there. <laughs> I wonder if that's what you were talking about a little bit with like weaving sometimes mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. Because there's so oh, much yeah. repetitive motion and just like, after a while, you really couldn't think about it, even if you wanted to. Well, the thing about sound, it's, I'm so glad you bring this up is because there's something that visual art can't capture the way that sound does, because I feel like sound enters you and sound is the frequency at which spirit travels. So it's really, oh, man, I can get really weird with this. Like, yeah, for please. instance, yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope this makes sense um, because ever since I started using the night vision baby monitor, when I make sure my daughter is okay sleeping at night, we have the little camera monitor. And a lot of what that monitor captures is more, it can capture visuals that your naked eye couldn't. And I'm assuming that's like sound, that's part sound frequency. So literally her room every single night is a freaking light show. Like there are... <laughs> just little beams of light, big orbs, like flashes of light, you know, and there's no way. I mean, I, of course I Google everything. So, um, lately it's, you know, duck, duck, go, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm looking up these things. I'm like baby orbs, you know, and, um, it always turns out people trying to debunk it. Like it's dust. I'm like, Oh, hell no, there's no way. Yeah. I think this is where we have to kind of just let what comes mm -hmm. to us actively meet it instead of continuing in the patterns of extreme resistance to Absolutely. information that's already there. <laughs> yes. It's like yes. if you see it and you notice it and it's something and it means something enough for you to notice it, mm -hmm. then cool. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you don't mm -hmm. question like the validity of a flower just because you saw it and you enjoyed it. <laughs> just let it be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's right there. <laughs> I yeah. do feel you a lot about the sound, listening with different beings, listening with trees, spending a lot of time developing a relationship of listening together and letting the presence of that being kind of shift how I listen. One of the biggest things that has come through that process and that time together has been that we're just always in a state of receiving in this space of our hearts like we're constantly transmitting and receiving through this space and mm. so on a physical level we're experiencing sound we are literally being moved and almost i mean maybe for some folks this word might be a little much but manipulated by the sounds we experience and the energy is constantly being kind of shared between beings mm -hmm. around the planet I mean, I, I kind of like will riff off of that because as you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, that's literally how I teach 
mediumship and like psychic development is we, you move from the heart. Well, and the solar plexus, this sort of chest, this top area, because that's where that's the seat of our power and really is through our life force, the, you know, the heart that pumps the blood throughout the rest of the body. I mean, really without the heart, like your brain can't function, you know, you need that oxygen. So really what you're talking about is really, it's interesting because in some psychic books or instructional, whatever, how to be a psychic, it's like, go to your third eye. And honestly, being transparent, I used to teach that way, go to the third eye. But then I'm like, no, there's more to this. As I'm diving deeper into my work, it's like, no, you're actually, you're working from the lower, like the heart. And because what is that? It's, it's love. And the frequency of the spirit world is love. And there's a lot of controversy also too in working with this is like, oh, well, how will I know I'm protected? Oh my God, oh my God. Like, am I going to move in to create contact with lower frequency beings? No, Mm -hmm. because you're working from love and literally there is no hell in way like that the lower frequency is going to even tap into that frequency. So just by tapping into your heart alone, as you initiate spirit contact, you are in an elevated frequency where there's no way that's the boundary you create is that intention. Wow. I feel this so much. I feel it so clearly because you literally just from like a listening perspective and that kind of work, you cannot hear something. If you're listening from this space, you cannot hear it without recognizing that interconnectedness, but recognizing like just the love nature of like every experience that's unfolding that you're receiving as you're listening. Like you can't hear that car horn in the same way. You will literally Mm -hmm. not listen to your boss the same way, or there's something that's going on. You just don't hear things quite the same way if you're here. Yes. If you really are there. Now it's become just this practice of like everything that I start, I start from there. Like if it's worth something to me, I'll do it. I'll take the time to like remember that place Mm -hmm. and remember it, how it surrounds me in this way. Mm -hmm. Mary... I'm so thankful for you. I'm like so fucking (laughs) thankful for you and your connection, your art. I know that you are offering your architecture of remembering in later October. And I would love to hear for those who want to get connected to your work even more, especially your channeled art, because I know you're like actually offering works that are channeled and that people can purchase and things like that. I would love to hear about how people can get connected to you. And if you want to share a little bit about your channeled art offerings, anything. So you can head over to my website. So thewovenchannel.com. The channeled art is a new offering, new, but super old because I've been making art forever, but it's something that I have decided to offer for those who, you know, would like a reading from me, but also want a tangible sort of takeaway that will help them along their path, whether this is imbuing their altar space with great energy, helping people with big transitions, or I mean, it could be anything really. And the last few pieces have been for people's bedrooms, usually like in their space where they're most in their dream world, they're sleeping. 
And then the one I'm working on right now is so awesome. It's a sort of handheld sort of musical type instrument with bells that someone can place and um, use at their altar when they're meditating or, or whatnot. So it really does range. Like, do you want to wear this piece as well? Like I've made a sort of neck piece for someone. Do you want to put it on your wall? Do you want to carry it in your bag, in your pocket? So it really is a custom made piece based on the intention of the reading. And those, you can just go to my website and create a consultation call. It's like a free call with me and go over your budget, what you want out of this. And then we just go from there, you know, still giving readings. And I think I'm booked out a few months in advance. So it's always get on that. (laughs) Yeah. So they should get on your newsletter. Yeah. Subscribe to the newsletter. I'm probably going to be creating a wait list at this point for my readings. And I want to say with that too, uh, I I do also offer emergency readings and that's kind of embedded in my website as well. But what I will say is that when you are booking and you're like, oh my God, I have to wait two months. The readings always happen in divine sacred timing. They're always aligned when they should. (laughs) So don't worry about, I need this now because again, time isn't linear and it will happen when it, when it's divinely timed. But yeah, the uh, architecture of remembering that's going to be pre-recorded content, but it's going to be released weekly and there will be time for me live doing sort of Q and a last time I offered this, there was a great response to the masterclass and I want to accommodate more time zones. So everyone, everyone can attend and also take the class on their own time. Yeah. That sounds amazing. You know, I actually always ask every guest that comes on the show, I always ask them basically the same final question, which is what advice would you have given your younger psychic art, which self? The first thing that comes to mind is you're going to be okay. I know that's so simple because I feel that in my experience and also my clients who are also on the path of being a healer, being a intuitive witch, right? Or an artist, um, because I think they really just hold hands with each other, is that we generally tend to experience a level of trauma and a level of hardship. And that's very, very subjective to the experiencer, but we tend to live like sort of the wounded healer experience. So I would tell my little Mary, you're going to be okay. You're going to be held and supported and just trust the next step and enjoy the moment. There's so much anxiety about the future and especially in our current state, you know, of the world. And I actually think that at times I did hold that gift of trusting, which was why I've been so courageous in my work. But, you know, when you're so small growing up in the (laughs) nineties, it's like, there wasn't a lot of support for baby witches and artists. So I also just want to look at my little Mary and be like, I'm so proud of you for being in your authentic voice and being weird when it wasn't accepted. Yes. (laughs) Hell yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being weird when it wasn't accepted. That's it. I appreciate you so much. I feel like what you've shared in this one episode has been 
it's like all the questions that my younger self would have had basically yes like how (laughs) how the fuck and you're like here (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah no I appreciate you so much and just it's an honor to be on this podcast with other just amazing amazing practitioners so thank you oh thanks enjoyed today's episode of art witch please consider subscribing or writing a review each and every little bit helps spread the word to more and more people